Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 730. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored by the Rosinski family, Le'ili Nishmas, Ita Bas Yeshaya, and Chana Sarah. May the Torah we learn be an aliyah for her Nishama. And so, uh, we have Pesach coming. It's uh, coming quickly, and so last week we discussed a little bit of Pesach, and I'd like to begin discussing some of the general rules of cleaning for Pesach and understanding the nature of the prohibition of chametz. We know particularly there's a lot of stringency attached to uh, behaviors and, and things that we do on Pesach, and it's important to understand why. Some of it is because of the reasons we said that chametz is seen like the Yitzhahara, but let's just understand to what extent the Torah actually prohibits chametz and how the various controversies have arisen. The Torah gives us instructions as to what to do with chametz six different times. It Five times there are don'ts, and one there are do. So, for example, when describing the bringing of the carbon Pesach, the Torah says, Lo sochal alav chametz. You cannot have chametz while you are bringing the carbon Pesach. So, when is that happening? And that is really interesting, because the holiday doesn't begin until the 15th day of Nisan. But as we know, you could bring the carbon Pesach as of midday, on the 14th day of Nisan, on Erev Pesach, but so we have a prohibition of lo sochal alav chametz that begins at midday on Erev Pesach. Now we know that uh, we add a little bit to that. We add an hour for getting any benefit. We add two hours uh, for that uh, to make sure we can't eat. It's a discussion in the Gemara, a debate exactly about how much we add, but we add to make sure that there's a fence around the restriction of noon. But that's the first mention that we have. In the parasha known as Kadesh Li, which uh, discusses Pigeon Habem when discussing Pesach, the verse says, the Pasuk tells us, uh, remember the day that you got taken out of Egypt, so you can't have chametz during that time, don't need chametz the seven days of Pesach. Then the Gemara raises the stakes, and it says, when it talks about uh, the carbon and the carbon Pesach, it says, not just chametz, but anything which is uh, considered chametz, even if it's something that has mixtures. Later in the section of Kaddish Lee that we already mentioned, it says, V'lo yira'eh Now this is a really important pasuk, because not only does it talk about a prohibition of eating, lo sochal, lo yeyochel, it also talks about yira'eh, you can't see your chametz, you can't see it, and also it adds something called sa'ar. So, A, you can't even see chametz, and we're going to, of course, uh, learn from there that it's referring to chametz that's in your possession. You don't have to wear blinders a whole week to make sure that you don't see someone else's chametz. But not only does it add the idea of no seeing, which really means no owning, it also adds the idea of that not only chametz is prohibited, but also se'ar. And so sa'ar is something which is which is uh, a leavening agent. It's not necessarily the leaven itself, and even that is prohibited. Similarly, we're instructed later, shivas yomim sa'ar lo So not only is sa'ar, and, and essentially that's translated as something which a human wouldn't eat but an animal would, that's still considered chametz, and still considered chametz to the degree, as the Apostle clearly states, not only can't you eat it, but also lo you can't own it. Finally, there is a positive commandment of Achbayum Harishon Tashbisu Sa'ar Mibatechem. You have to remove it and you have to get rid of it on Pesach. Okay, so that doesn't necessarily refer to Bedikas Chametz. Bedikas Chametz is what we do before Pesach. This is referring to on Pesach that you have to remove 
anything from your house. So not only can't you eat it, you have to remove it. So the idea of chametz being forbidden, I think, is reiterated again and again and again. We're prohibited from eating chametz and eating mixtures of chametz and seeing it and finding it, possessing it, and we have the obligation to remove it. Now this is, like we've said, this is uh, somewhat unique, and this is unprecedented. The degree of prohibition and the degree of how many times the Torah tells us that we can't do it. Now, there's another thing that's also that's learned from these psukim, and that is even deriving benefit. Even deriving benefit from chametz is considered to be aser, uh, forbidden. You can't derive benefit from the chametz as well. So, a uh, classic case of benefit is feeding it to your dog. If your dog food has chametz in it, you can't give it to your dog. You can't give it away as a gift on Pesach, etc. That benefit would be prohibited. And the punishment, as is attached in the Torah, is the punishment of kares, which is the spiritual severance package. It's kind of like eating on Yom Kippur. Not like it's eating on Yom Kippur. Similar type of thing. Now what's important to remember is defining chametz and understanding that the difference uh, exists between eating it and possessing it. And this is really important for the purposes of cleaning for chametz. So we're going to focus a little bit practically today and uh, instead of going through all the sources just really get to the bottom line. Chametz as we've said is the mixture of flour and water. Flour of five particular types of grain barley, rye, oats, wheat, and spelt, browse, barley, rye, oats, wheat, and spelt, and water, which is just water. Okay, that makes chametz. That also makes matzah. The only difference is time. You can't have something that makes chametz and doesn't make matzah, and vice versa. And so, the first thing we need to remember is only these five grains become chametz. Now, Ashkenazim have become stringent over the past thousand years over certain other types of of grains and legumes like rice and millet and beans and soy and kidney and lima and garbanzo and peas and corn and buckwheat and mustard seed, they cannot become chametz, but they are in a category known as kidney oat. Kidney oat are these beans and legumes which are not chametz, but are treated vis-a-vis eating as if they were. Now let me, let me explain uh, what I mean by that. Regular chametz, those five grains, are forbidden from eating and owning and deriving benefit. Kidney oat are not forbidden from owning. They are not forbidden from deriving benefit. You don't have to sell them. You don't have to do anything to them over Pesach. They could sit in your house. You just are not allowed to eat them if you're Ashkenazi. Ashkenazim do not eat these grains. There is a discussion in the Gemara. There's a there's an Amor of Yochanan ben Nuri who held that actually rice can become chametz, but we reject that opinion, and nobody holds that rice can become chametz, but we do, uh, we are, behave, we behave stringently, Ashkenazim at least, behave stringently about not eating them. And there are a couple of reasons how this developed, either because it's easily confused with other types of flours that we make bread with, others understand that, you know, the way it was processed back in the day, there would be other grains mixed in, and other grains mixed in, even in minute amounts, would not be nullified if you went and mixed them with water on Pesach. And so altogether, we generally, Ashkenazim, do not eat these things, and this has now just taken on the force of tradition. Exactly what's in the category of these things for a couple of years. Uh, quinoa was controversial. Now pretty much everybody uh, believes that quinoa is not considered kidneyous. Just make sure that it's only quinoa grains. Apparently in some places they process multiple grains together. And you know, peanuts are controversial. Certain things are controversial. Derivatives are controversial whether or not you can uh, have a derivative like, like a corn syrup or a peanut oil if you consider that to be kidneyous in the first place. Okay, so there are a few 
issues which, you know, ask your local Orthodox rabbi if you have any particular questions about issues relating to kidneys. Okay? That's the first important ingredient of matzah, that it has to be the flour. If it's not one of the five brows, barley, rye, oats, wheat, spelt, it's not going to be chametz. The other really important thing, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get through this today, and we'll continue with this topic tomorrow, but the other ingredient is water. So you have to have water, and water truly makes it lechem oni. The only matzah that you can eat on Pesach for the mitzvah of matzah that we perform at the Seder is matzah that's made with water and those five grains. Now let's say I made matzah not out of water. Instead I used some other sort of juice, an apple juice, maybe egg, known as egg matzah. So for sure, everybody holds, I cannot use that for the Seder. I cannot fulfill my obligation to eat matzah with that type of matzah, with egg matzah. That matzah, by the way, is called matzah ashira, as opposed to the poor man's bread of lechem oni, of the water-based matzah. This is like, whoa, this is fancy. This is egg-based matzah and called rich man's matzah, matzah ashira, the wealthy matzah, and that can't be had for the Seder. But it can, theoretically, be had on Pesach. What do I mean? So svardim hold that you can eat this on Pesach. This is also a discussion in the Gemara. Sfardim hold you can eat this on Pesach. Ashkenazim consider it like chametz somewhat, in that only those who are elderly and firm, maybe children, people who can't digest regular matzah well, people who are not able to eat regular matzah would be allowed to eat it, like a chola, a sick person would be allowed to eat it. So obviously we're not considering it legit, complete, and total chametz, because if we would, nobody would be allowed to eat it. It's in another category of its own where you cannot eat it. You theoretically could own it, right? Because if you couldn't own it, how could you feed it to the elderly? You could derive benefit from it, obviously, because you could give it to the elderly. But uh, you would not be allowed to eat it, according to Ashkenazim, unless you were in one of those circumstances of need. And so that is the story with the Egmont. Altogether, we have flour and water, and any variation of those two does not create chavez, absolutely does not, but it does create a category of things that according to some, particularly Ashkenazim, we cannot eat. More on this tomorrow. Have a great day.